welcome again to Creator Crush, where we interview people who make amazing things that we love. I'm Steven, she's Smash, and tonight we're joined by none other than Twitch's favorite dungeon master, Askrin from Exploding Dice. Welcome to the show, Askrin. I will not, I promise I will not live up to that much hype. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, so you're... Like 425th favorite, maybe. (laughs) Oh come on! You know you're 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 up can, there I with. Do, the, I think I can do that. Um, you're, you're up there with the ranks of you know your Matt Matt Mercers and your your others. <laughs> I was gonna say you know what you're doing and you use voices, so I feel like that elevates you a lot. That's that's a pretty big leap. It's like yeah, you you're that's like saying like yeah no you you're you're okay at painting. You're up there with like your Picassos and your Rembrandts. <laughs> like I don't think that's how this works. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty it's confident a about bit it. Though. Hyperbole in there. Um, you, you have no, been on the front page of Twitch before, though, right? So there's some cred there. Uh, yes, uh, yes, but though, but that I, it's very weird. Um, and and. <laughs> No, no, no. It's it's weird because I was telling, I was talking to people um about this, and I know you you, uh, you said you wanted to talk about stories and stuff. I happened to be at Gen Con recently, and there was a huge streamer meetup for um that I did not organize uh for D and D and RPG related streamers. And so one of the things that I got to do there, aside from drink beer that um, other people paid for, was <laughs> um was I got to interact with people you know that I. You meet on Twitter, you, you kind of see on, on other people's shows, but you never really get to talk to. Uh, and a lot of that was us just sitting and, and chatting about stuff. And it was basically people asking me questions like that and me saying it literally just the right place, the right time. Like none of it, none of it is as impressive as it, see, like, as it would seem. So I'm going to go out on limit and assume you were just like, hey, Twitch, uh, I'm doing a thing. Can you put me on the front page at some point? No, um, the, the so uh, it's different now. Um, but a while ago, back when uh, when role playing games were really sort of exploding on Twitch, uh, and they were really really increasing in in popularity, uh, Twitch was experimenting with new content, and so we got a person. Her name was Brittany Brown. She still works at Twitch, as far as I know, um, and she was, I think, put in charge of essentially uh, aggregating content for the front page. And one of the things that she championed organizing and getting organized for a couple months was uh, a tabletop roleplay spotlight for the front page of Twitch. Uh, And so that was essentially, they were just putting some people, you know, people that happen to be streaming in the, in the category um, on the front page every month. And I don't know. I just got like, uh, I, I just kind of randomly got asked to do it. Uh, because I was I was streaming, um, and some other people I knew had done it, uh, and then the couple other times that happened, I was on the front page when I did an interview with Richard Garriott. I don't remember how that happened. Uh, <laughs> it just sort of it just sort of coincided at the same time, um, and then the uh, the last time that we were on the front page, I believe, was uh, for a charity when when our team uh, the tabletop. Um, uh, uh, the TGN, the Tabletop Game Network, uh, which is our stream team, was doing a big event, a big charity event where all the channels were participating. And so we all we had petitioned for some front page space for that, and each channel got their own continuous slot. And so we were the last Hot. ones. Yeah. <laughs> so twice you have no idea how you landed it, and then once you actually petitioned for it. Yeah, uh, the, I think the the one time that I actually I didn't actually do the petitioning. I was involved in a planning meeting, but I wasn't the one who asked Twitch. Um, I I think I put in for some time 
But again, they they, they after that they realized. I think they realized they wanted to change how their front page was going. As far as I know, they decided no, we don't want to do as much content. We want to do paid stuff like oh. esports and advertisements and things like that. So uh, the tabletop spotlight just kind of died out, and all of us were just we t- did our thing, of the, you know, somewhere else. We continued on as a community, but. You know, it it was just like I said, it was just serendipity. It was just being in the right place at the right time. I I don't know. <laughs> I wish I had more than that. And the and the the two time you when you made it on, you were like, we've made it. This is where I get my two thousand <laughs> followers. I quit my job and I'm a pro <laughs> Twitch streamer. Is that the emotion you feel? I don't think so. Um, I, I I think it was more. It was more just like. Uh, you know, it, it was more super being super nervous. Uh, I, I don't consider myself to be an entertainer, really. I, I've never really been a social person, and I've, I've always been kind of a weird, you know, uh, a weird, shy, antisocial person. So it's like whenever you're you know you're going to be exposed to more people, it's like, okay, I hope I, hope I don't mess something up. Okay, so so tangent to that, um, there have been a couple times in 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 my channel's history that we've had guests and, and events that have mass brought in a ton of people and i get really self-conscious about that because as i assume anyone would it's like it's just super scrutiny and you don't really know how to do with it deal with it i remember what after i did uh, the interview with matt mercer um people posted it on youtube and my audio was shit my microphone was dying at that point oh, and so no. it was really kind of the gain was cranked up and it was really fuzzy so i sounded like ass um and also i'm not i'm not really a great interviewer and so a lot of people in the comments and stuff were just were just dragging it and like they they weren't really nice about it and i'm like i get it you know it's fine i i understand what they're saying and i agree with it for the most part but yeah it's 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 weird it's i you kind of get more i think more self-conscious than oh this is my moment you know it's it's i don't know if you've ever i don't have you guys ever done something that was just you know like it's just sort of a huge leap for you and you don't really know exactly if it's going to be all right. You just kind of feel super nervous about it. This show. I, 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 yeah, this show. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't know that we've ever, uh, we've ever had that, that f- Not feeling necessarily of, on like Twitch. Yeah. Margaret Weiss. That, that was speaking to her and like, cause I think that was what the second yep. time that we... was the second interview we did. Yeah. Uh, that was the so first was creator crush. My pants. Yeah. 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 yeah she, that um, was terrifying. I, I, I got to say hi to her. Uh, actually, she was um, at, at at Gen Con. She uh, her Yay. booth was the one that they turned into the pop up booth for Joe Manganiello's Death Saves clothesline. And so nice. we were. Uh, I was there with Satine and Rudy and a bunch of other people. We were just kind of hanging out um, uh, and you know and and talking to her and talking to everyone else at the booth. It was, ah, she was so she was really cool. nice. I wish I I wish I was a better fan because I unfortunately am not a novel like I I read books but I've never read any of the D and D books like the Dragonlance yeah. just not something I grew up with so I knew nothing about what she was involved in I was just like hi I like games I guess <laughs> <laughs> that's me like, no that's I pretty do good stuff because of what you did eighty years ago it's I, I it's so weird to be in front of a creator and then be like i wish i knew more of like i wish i was more familiar with your work yeah um but you feel guilty almost you feel like a little bit a little yeah. bit i think so yeah and because it's like you, you don't really know what to like i love that thing that you did and yeah i don't know i, I just, have looked I at the cover of your book multiple times <laughs> it's great <laughs> you're like i don't know what's in there but i know that it looks cool well done <laughs> yeah 
I do want to backpedal. You... Oh, no, you go, yeah, yeah. Ashley, if you would like. No, we, we were talking about D&D, so I was wondering mm-hmm. kind of, I, I know Askren, for those of you who don't know, I can't, I think we met on Twitter somehow. Yeah, uh, Ashley played in a, in a game with me for a while. You can feel uh, sorry for him if anybody. I do. I feel very yeah. bad for you. I'm currently <laughs> uh, wrangling her now, and it's it's painful. I wasn't the worst though. We had, we had we no, had was, Adam on our team. It was a it was a it was a mix of personalities. It was a <laughs> it was an interesting mix. Such a nice way to put it. Um, so how I, does that work for you? Like, how do you go? Mean, I am going to attempt to wrangle all these weird mixed personalities. Like, how did you get into tabletop RPG, and how did you get into D and D? Well, those so those are two very different things. Um, I got into I got into Dungeons and Dragons um, a long time ago. So I was uh, growing up. I think when I was really really young, when I was probably eight or nine years old, my oh, dad wow. gave me gave me a copy of uh, Ultima, the computer game. Uh, I think it was Ultima three, but it might have been might have been four. Uh, I don't remember exactly. But if you're not familiar with it, Ultima was the um, or Ultima Akalabeth was considered to be the first. P- role-playing game that was on the PC. Um, it was on, like, the old uh, Apple something. I don't even remember. Long, long time ago. Um, and that was created by Richard Garriott. And so I was given a copy of those games, and I just kind of fell in love. I was pr- a comic book kid, but, you know, the fantasy just sort of grabbed me. Um, and then after that, I played... Uh, I got, when I was in school, I got an, in uh, introduced to Tabletop Warhammer, which is... A, it's a you know, tactical war game uh, with these cool sci-fi plastic miniatures that I was, you know, super in love with uh, because the art was really detailed and grim dark, and it just kind of tickled that nerve that you know every every little kid has for for really cool like uh, intense stuff. Um, and I didn't really play Dungeons and Dragons until I was thirteen years old. I was working as a um, I, I just didn't know anyone who played. No one really ever offered. I played magic cards and stuff, but uh, when I was about 13 years old, my, I was at a, working as a counselor in training at a, a scout camp uh, near me that I spent a lot of my youth at. And uh, one of the we were in our our bunk one day, and one of the the kids that was there with me, he pulled out some books and he says, "Hey, you want to play some?" games and we played d20 modern which is a horrible horrible game uh (laughs) as i'm sitting here like yeah that was awesome you're just like it's horrible no it's 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 like i think it's funny Um, it is it's just so such a weird and wonky game like i guess it it makes sense as a real basic game again we were it were like 13 year old idiots me and my brother and so we were (laughs) i remember we were going around this facility killing these guardsmen and taking their bling and g-unit sneakers (laughs) like we were like 13 year old idiots we didn't know what the hell we were doing um and then because my my friend he had a mixture of like 3.5 and ad and d books so like he didn't even have a real set of books (laughs) um but yeah, and then I just I didn't I didn't I wasn't involved in it for a very long time, and then fourth edition rolled around, um, and at that time I was doing a lot of stuff on the internet, playing World of Warcraft and stuff, and we were all sort of looking for a way to play Dungeons and Dragons with each other, but we can't be in the same place, right. and there was no uh, there was no real way of doing that until roll 20 happened which was shortly after fourth edition and that's it once roll 20 happened like i was able to kind of get back into gaming that's how i got into playing that's how i got into dungeon mastering streaming sort of started by accident um i was i've been dming and stuff on roll 20 for 
maybe like two years I was working as a as an expo and a chef at the time. Um, and I would just come home real late and play D&D. And that was like my week. Uh, and then a, lo- a while ago, probably three and change years at this point, um, one of the groups, the random groups that I put together uh, said, hey, Chris, uh, you know, this this guy that's in this group has a Twitch channel. Do you want to try streaming it? And I had kind of heard a lot of D&D podcasts like Acquisitions Incorporated and stuff, but I never really, you know, I never really listened to any of them hardcore. But I'm like, yeah, why not? Let's try and do it. I dabbled in recording a session or two here or there. Didn't really work out. I didn't like the sound of my own voice, all that kind of <laughs> self-conscious stuff. But I was just like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. And so we streamed one session nothing happened no one's gonna watch no one obviously no one watches your first stream that's how it goes um but i said after that because it was just on his channel where he played a lot of like indie games like gungeon and stuff um and i was like if we're gonna do this the goal is to have people watch it that means you you know it has to be on its own channel you have to put some effort into it you know it has to have graphics it's got to you know it's got to look like you give a shit and so <laughs> i took that i took i was running the game so i took it on myself to make all that happen um and then i we needed to come up with a name and no one really cared what it was called and i was like what about exploding dice that sounds pretty cool and they were like i don't care and that's just <laughs> it that's how it happened um and so I tell people I kind of just started streaming on accident. Like it really was an intentional thing. It just sort of happened. Um, and then just after that is like, ah, right, let's do more stuff. Why not? That is super cool. And like one of the things that fascinated me is you said you, you're shy. And then I, oh, yeah. I find you in front of a camera playing with five other people or, you know, four or five, six other people. Uh doing and this doing voices dungeon master thing and like do, do you find that that D helps you overcome some of that or is it i mean is it related at all or do you just have a, a way of putting it in the back of your head and just go i'm just gonna play this game and not worry about it i think it's a little bit of both um um there's so when it comes to specifically like getting on camera and doing wacky voices uh i remember back when i had literally this was before um a if you may people i mean ashley may have heard about it a lot when when i was running the game i talked a lot about this show called fuzzy dice which was a talk show that i used to do um and it originally like i i it moved on to interviewing people kind of like basically exactly like this but people directly related with nerd stuff uh that i was into uh and but it started out i didn't really have anyone to talk to except my players and so one of the very first talks i ever did was just with one of my players who was really nervous and not really sure about doing a character voice um Mm -hmm. but he really got into it because i was doing all of the the npcs and he said like it just kind of makes it a little less awkward like you can just kind of you can kind of push that you know push that to the back of your head to me um as long as the you know the people are always fun and i've never really met a group of people i didn't get along with uh playing especially on twitch um and so yeah, it's not really like I don't really think of it as performance. I I think of it as just playing a game like you would with anyone else. Like if you've ever, you know, you sit down and and goof around with your friends, you know, you might if you or you play a video game with your friends, you know, whatever whatever you do, I think of it exactly the same way and it just, you know, the fact that there's an audience honestly to me doesn't really enter into it like i don't think of it as being an as being a performer even though i suppose i suppose that's the case um i would say that i'm not a great and i'm not really an entertainer mostly because 
outside of actually running the game. I don't because running the game is such a collaborative thing. There's other people there that feed into it, and that you you don't have to be the one keeping that audience engaged. Like if you were a solo streamer or something. I don't do well. If you've ever watched my streams when I'm just alone, I don't do particularly well. I I kind of uh, I try my best, but I'm not like. There's so many people on Twitch that are outgoing personalities, and they're like. They're just huge and bombastic, and I'm like, man, I I wish I could do that, but that ain't me. <laughs> They're just you know? stream of but, consciousness exploding all over the camera, and you're like, wow. Sort of. I mean, my friend. So, so there's a friend of mine. His name is Goobers, um, and he's a he's a streamer, and I love his content, be, mostly because he yells a lot, and it's not <laughs> like it's it's. I know that sounds weird, but it doesn't. Um, it, yeah. He's, it's just he has such a bombastic personality and it's just so entertaining and like to be in your house just kind of belting at the top of your lungs <laughs> and it's not obnoxious it's just funny and interesting and he it's like have I, sit children. Th- I sit there watching and I'm like man i i wish i had even the, like the slightest bit of confidence like i can get up like i'm gonna be after immediately after the show i'm gonna be going to play a D game called the daubers and where i play fern he's a rat and he talks like this very senile <laughs> would you like a mushroom i can do that and that to me is not the same as just sort of like being up on stage you know in front of people and telling jokes and interacting and no it doesn't it doesn't register the same way to me like i could do that but i couldn't sing on on camera like i i i don't know it's weird i feel like it's harder to be like to to do the voices and to be comfortable with it than it is because i'm a loud person i i (laughs) yell and get excited over everything so i find that super easy but but doing the voices is so like i i wouldn't do it if you remember like i couldn't keep a voice going i'm like i'm so self-conscious it's it's weird it feels weird at first but i think i think you get used to um you get used to kind of just overcoming that and doing it anyway like a lot of people when they're when they when they're starting out um especially trying to act as a character or something they'll say that it feels weird sort of putting on this voice and this personality and this mannerism in front of your friends because it's like you know, you feel a little bit concerned about that. Uh, subject to change mentioned Russian. Uh, the, the the character, the guy, the guy that I was talking to that I originally, um, he was encouraged to kind of work, do more of his character, you know, character voice uh, because of, you know, because I was consistently do, putting on that performance for him. Um, his character was a, was a Russian woman, uh, sort of <laughs> fantasy Russian. Um, and so, and uh, you know, and I, I love doing fantasy Russian accents because they're very easy. You know, you just, you can do them. <laughs> You can do them very low. You do Russian down here, but you can also do a, a Russian woman. You know, you, if you temper your voice out and just make it very, very soft, and very slow. And it's, I don't know, it's weird. That doesn't, like, that isn't very out there for me. I just, maybe I'm just used to it. Maybe I've just done it for so long. It's, it's just, it, I don't know. That it's was fantastic. really good. Yeah, that's I'm really also not, bear in mind, I'm, all, I'm also not voice actor quality. Like, I'm just... There are people that do are so so much better than me. I have like three things that I can do. All of my guards in every game I DM sound exactly the same, and I don't know why. It's like it all just go to that that uh no wait it's the old guards just kind of go to that that gravelly kind of British accent. Jason you know? State though sound like yeah, uh, just, or the very very vaguely you know gravelly British accents, and you know they're a city guard. Um, <laughs> That's all. 
No, go ahead. No, so I was, I was just saying, yeah. my villains sound the same too. <laughs> I, I was wondering how, like, you were you were talking about it. that was such a good voice. I was like, I wonder where he keeps his bank of characters in his brain because I do a similar thing anytime I'm doing. Mine always end up being country bumpkins. Every single voice ends up sounding like, "Well, I did go down to the it's, stream yesterday and get some water." Um. So so it kind of it, it's weird, especially I think a lot of DMs uh, have these places that they just sort of normally go like you know if you need a if you need a townsperson or something and it's if you like i find that for me i have to kind of yank myself in a different direction intentionally um but you know to 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 try something out but when it comes to specific characters like very very specific ones i feel like i know i haven't done them in a while but uh fern who who is the character that i'll be playing this um that sort of senile rat folk his character comes from a wizard that i used to do named broder quink and um I, uh, ian mckellen he he used to do he did this talk about you know when someone was talking about his gandalf character and um, he said that like if you have a if there's like a mannerism or something you can link to that you can just do it tends to put you like right back in the character and pe- people do this all the time anyway when you're thinking of doing like an impression of a famous person you pick something of theirs that is like a mannerism uh... or something like like or Sean Connery you know you just I can't do a Sean <laughs> do you Connery lose your car keys yeah. <laughs> you just kind of you know you you do something like um you know um. And now you're Gandalf. Like you, you pick something that you can anchor to, and then that just kind of, as long as you repeat, once you can get there, it kind of just brings you right back. Um, everything else is just an experimentation. Um, you know, you just what do I what do I want this guy to sound? Like? What, what do I want to do with this character? How do I want to make this character memorable? And also, I think I don't know about you. I suffer from a problem as a dungeon master of my NPCs tend to be cardboard cutouts. I have trouble making them feel like memorable people that the players will remember and then kind of want to go back to. So that's something I struggle with a little bit. No, I yeah, that, with that. that one. <laughs> that is true. Though. It's really hard to take an NPC that you you don't know how wrapped up in the story they're going to be quite yet. And you're like, how memorable it's, do I want to make it? It's worse when you when you like have high hopes and you cr- <laughs> you have this ca- you know this character real well, and they're like, eh, I don't care about him. Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> you're so you're so impassioned Whatever. over it, and they're like, well, I'm gonna go left, <laughs> even though you want me to go right. It's just you know, like just no, go back. Remember, he's there. No, okay, that's so, fine. It's hey, like it's okay. I didn't work mad. that long on them anyway. I'm not mad. <laughs> When it, when it comes to like your your storytelling, this is this is something that that I always think about with the DM mm-hmm. and, and like how many do you do a lot of box adventures or do you like to make up your own? I'll start there. Yeah, so I um I am kind of a little bit different than a lot of DMs I know in the sense that I love adventure modules. Yeah. I don't know why, um, but some of my favorite content to run is I don't know if you're familiar with the with Pathfinder versus Dungeons and Dragons, but Pathfinder Paizo is really, really um, well known for their, their modules are great. Uh, they po- publish lots of them and their adventure paths, they're kind of one to 20 campaigns that they publish, which I guess Wizards does a lot less of them, but um, they tend to be really good and their settings are interesting and engaging. And so I I tend to latch onto the ideas of a lot of those pre-written adventures, mostly because I I don't consider myself to be a great storyteller. I consider myself to be a much better editor than I do a storyteller in the sense that like I can read through a, a, and something that someone has written and be like, 
uh, there are some uh, things here that, you know, there's some areas here that don't quite work or will need some more time or a little bit, you know, more embellishment or this kind of fight doesn't make sense or this quest it needs, you know, needs some more explaining. Like, I find myself being uh, being much better at that than writing things from scratch. Even the last homebrew adventure that I ran wasn't really homebrew. Um, the the last thing that I would be have can be considered writing from scratch was Riving Moon, which was uh, this horror adventure that I uh, I ran for fifty episodes uh, on on Saturdays, uh, and it was it was fantastic. It was great, um, but it was also very much inspired by and stealing a lot of things from games <laughs> that I was inspired by at the time: Bloodborne, Path of Exile, Dark Souls, and a couple of others. Uh, so I can't say that it was really homebrew but yeah i I don't i i don't i like i like working i like having a reference book i like having something i can you know read through and take notes on i don't know that's just that's just me lots of you know every dm has their own like what do you do you find yourself reading a lot or do you just oh no i I try box (laughs) adventures but i can't so you've got a you've got a talent in that you can read that material and then embellish on it you can like kind of grab things you like and shift and change i look at it as like this freaking thing is concrete and i have to (laughs) follow it to the t or we're all gonna die trust me i used to be like that and it's it's super you know it it takes a i think it takes a little bit of getting used to right um you know if if that is your if that if your goal is to like you you find an adventure that you really like, but you know you're gonna end up taking liberties. I you know it's fine, right? Like yeah. to me, it the, the adventures are cool guidelines, and you know they give you they give you a cool story, but you can like how you navigate that and how you go between it and whether or not you care. Like whether maybe you know if you come up with a better idea, there's like you know. It's it's all you, man, and yeah. and you. It takes getting comfortable because, like, I used to be, I used to run those adventures slavishly, like to the <laughs> letter, um, and then I just kind of stopped because I I got more comfortable with my ability to improvise and to make stuff up. Uh, I think, and now I'd say I'm fairly comfortable uh, to the point where I I tend to prep very little. Um, I usually will just kind of prepare myself a set of notes about what I kind of generally want to happen during the session uh and then i will kind of allow myself to uh, to you know pivot and work off of what the the players give but also to try and give to to intentionally hand them room to create moments and stuff that you know that i could then embellish on yeah that and that sounds that sounds kind of like dms that i've worked with that's been the thing one of the most important things i think a dm taught me early on was your players write the story you're just helping pe- fill in the the gaps you know and kind of give them somewhere to go so it's like here's a breadcrumb you know hope you follow it if you don't i'll have to just swing it some other way come up with some other thing <laughs> Because you don't want to tell your players no. Like, as a DM, you want to say, yes, you can do that, given within the rules. And there's some sure. kind of silent social contract when you're playing a, a, a module and, like, you guys help me get through the module. Try not to just run off in the other direction. So so, so that's – I think that's an interesting thing, and I've, I've kind of discussed that in DM, talk, DM shows in the past. Um, and – there are I don't I haven't experienced them in probably I think and I think it's considerably less prevalent these days. But there used to be players players used to have this weird sort of um, uh, I don't want to say rivalry, but almost they they 
players used to see Dungeons and Dragons as them being against the DM. And it's like, it was almost like their job to, when the DM presents a quest hook, they intentionally avoid it and do something else. I don't think that's that's necessarily the case these days. Uh, But also, um, you know, I, I think the important thing, one of, you know, one of the great skills to learn as a dungeon master is, so here, here's what I think is great. Um, I have uh, what I think is a success is in the past I have run adventures where the players have come to me after the fact and they have, you know, they did not know that any of what they were doing was a published adventure because they felt like they were the ones making the choices that oh, move wow. the narrative forward. And so it, to me, I think the goal when you're um, when you're you're running those adventures is, uh, you know, to to find a way to present the the you know the narrative thread so that the players will make the choice to follow it rather than sitting down and saying hey guys this is an adventure so when i give a quest hook you gotta follow it otherwise you're going (laughs) off the rails of the adventure um it's you know you don't need to say that it be and in fact i think it's it's better if you the dm sort of force themselves to be like okay what do my players want and how do I give it to them in the form of this adventure that I have that I have written or I am I am running, um, and and so that's that's a skill. It's not obviously it doesn't come instantly. You know, it takes a little bit of work, and it takes. And I think I think what's most important as a dungeon master is you have to have the ability to ask yourself, what can I do better? Yeah, right. Because I, I well I think that that's a good that's like good a life skill for, ev- for everything. Yeah, it works <laughs> yeah. for everything. But it, but I think a lot of people that's a thing they don't do is they don't stop and say okay, what am what is not succeeding here and what do I need to work? On? Yeah, no, that sounds. Stephen let me burn the entire Senate building down at one point because something wasn't working. So. Yeah, well, the the so <laughs> I mean I, I don't want to derail it too much, but the module no, we no. were just doing was was super technical in its in its way of of political intrigue, like how you mm-hmm. influence a room. It was a crown crown fall uh, Pathfinder module. It's the first okay. one they've done with Roll20 that, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not familiar with it. I haven't read it yet, but I am aware of it's it. Pretty, it's pretty intense for noobs. Like, we're all basically noobs. I haven't played d and Like, last d I played was 3.5, but it was years ago. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a lot in common with Pathfinder, but at some point, I just... I'm like, my players aren't having fun. My players are bored. I'm struggling. You know, so we just... Man, I get I made up a story that the whole Senate burned down and they went and did something else. And ever since then everybody's been having a blast because we're off the rails. We're you know, yeah. we're just we're just going nuts it's less and work. Yeah, I it's think funny. Everybody's part. It's and, and when you're doing a stream, it's like at some point you can spend six hours when you're just playing on a Saturday with friends making junk up. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing on a stream, it's like I not only have to be fun for the people playing, <laughs> it should be fun for everyone watching. And so, so, so that's that's actually interesting because one of the first things I, I th- tried to when I started streaming, I was not very good at DMing for a stream because what I wasn't used to was having sort of a set time limit and having to keep people's attention for that time limit. <laughs> for, before I started streaming, my sessions ran anywhere from four to seven hours. Yeah, um, holy cow. And, Mo- average four, but I've I had some dungeon delves that went on, and you know there was just no good place to stop, and so they just kept <laughs> going. And combat and Pathfinder takes a very long time. It's a it's a whole thing. Um, but when I started streaming, and I was sort of um, uh, some of the stuff that I originally did, uh, you know, we originally started at four hour streams, and then we cut it down to three after I was working with another channel. And what it forced me to do was it forced me to 
sort of learn. So, and he, here's the thing: you, uh, what I what I learned to ask myself: How does a TV show grab your attention and keep you engaged while also telling a story that has all these different beats and changes and you know and um, you know elements to it in a 30 minute time span, right? And how do I, tr- or, or a movie in an hour, right? A D&D session lasts more than an hour, but generally less will happen in it than will happen <laughs> in an average episode of TV. Yeah. Um, but but all of the lessons that, that like, if you watch a, any TV show, any sort of general formulaic show, they all follow the exact same script. It's You have your intro, uh, you know, your, your pickup from last time, which is usually a cliffhanger. Um, you have your, uh, your setup your uh, engagement, your rising action, uh, your climax or your obstacle, and then, you know, your, your falling action, and then you have a, a, a switch at the last moment that leaves a cliffhanger for the next session or the next episode. You can find, like, you can literally Google uh, the, the basic elements of a TV script, right? Every single movie and script is going to follow, unless it's something trying to be outside the box, it's going to follow these basic beats. And all of those storytelling beats work exactly well in a D&D session, right? You just, huh. you know, as long as you learn to meet out your time, you can, uh, you can give your players that sort of rising action, that entry. You can know when to flip, you know, when the climax is supposed to hit you. And as long as you're keeping your eye on your clock, you know, okay, I have 30 minutes left. I got to build up to a cliffhanger, right? And, you know, and in your head, you're like, okay, what can I pull out? What can I throw away? What can I, you know, what can I change to, to hit that really cool note at the end of the session while working with my players. And that's, it's an exercise, but it, it's absolutely, it's what I encourage everyone to do because we are storytellers, right? We're telling stories and those are what have been proven to be the best, the great elements of telling stories. Yeah, they work. You can call them tropes all you want, but they're tropes oh, yeah. because they, they are a they thing work. that works. Yeah. And it's, it, that, that's a pretty interesting way to look at it as a, yeah, a long form like, TV show. That's that's how I started looking at my my sessions. You know, as long as you know that every session has to have a cliffhanger, and you know exactly when on the clock that moment is going to be, you know, at your three hour mark, then it's just a matter of in your head keeping up with what's going on and the pace and where you are in those in that story roller coaster that you can hopefully pull something, you know, either something you have planned or something out of your ass and make something <laughs> cool happen. Yeah. I, dude, cliffhangers come... Here, here's what I say. At the end of the session, it doesn't matter how far out of left field. You have to go just flip the whole thing on its head and deal with the consequences later, right? You don't have to know what's going to happen now. You can write that part of the story next week. But, you know, uh, a lot of DMs, I think, are sometimes afraid of, you know, they, or they just don't have the confidence themselves to... to do that kind of, you know. I always thought it was completely coincidental that you ended <laughs> on Cliff. I, I never. No, it's not. That. It's always intentional. That's the point. <laughs> the point like, is to not make people want do this. <laughs> the point is to make people want to come back for more. If they know what's, you know, if if they know what's going on, then they're, they they're gonna get bored. But you gotta kind of you gotta keep them guessing. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that she just realized that too. That's yeah, just like you're sitting there talking about. It, I'm like. Oh my god, he ended everyone on a cliffhanger. I I just thought we were so good at making sporadic decisions that we, you know, messed everything up. Possibly. But no. Possibly. We were led like little puppets. <laughs> I no, that's a really that's a really cool way of looking at it. Um Yeah, that's really especially for 
streaming, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's yay. So one of the things we we both were curious about, you've taken a good deal of time off here recently from from DMing and just from from streaming in general. Like you you were cranking out. I remember we had you on Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, and it was like, Askren, do you sleep? Yeah, because uh, we were worried about your face exploding because you were killing it, and you've taken some time off. Is this like how do you how do you get over the burnout? Because I know you're kind of yeah. coming back in. Um, to do to do the daubers tonight and that's that's exciting and super awesome but like um what what do you do to try and maintain your own mental health while you're trying to grow a stream and while you've got a day job (laughs) yeah right so so i don't know if um i i don't know if i have a great answer to that only because um i think everyone everyone has their own stuff they deal with and for me uh the problem is and i i haven't really talked too much about uh, what kind of led to us, you know, to the channel sort of taking a hiatus. Um, I don't really, cons- you know, tonight we're just, ha- we're hanging out and hopefully, I don't, it's, I'm not like kickstarting a whole new weekly schedule or anything <laughs> Yeah, like that. right, right. But, but um, <laughs> for me, uh, it was, it was actually one of those things where I, I sort of have a lot of, of personal depression issues and things like that. And, um, you know, if I, if I am not distracted, I am in my own head. Um, yeah. if I'm not, you know, if my attention is not, uh, focused on something and that's why, you know, I think video games and things are always there and they, they kind of mitigate that a little bit. Cause you know, that, that takes all your focus. You don't have any time to be sort of, but work also does that, you know, if you, if you are, you know, if you are just sort of working all, all the time, you don't really have time to stop and think and, and get in your own head and second guess yourself. And so for me, it was one of those things where a, I felt like if I was going to do it, you know, and by do it, I mean the stream, the channel, all that stuff. Um, it had to be a hundred percent. You know, uh, it had to be. You know, I had to. I had to be working at it like I wanted something out of it. Um, <laughs> and the and that you know, and I saw other people doing you know a full week of content, and I'm like, I do I don't know if I have any right to do any less. Like I want to do more. I want to work with more people. I want to tell more stories, and you know, I. I want to to build, you know, to build something. The problem is, I always knew, um, and I and it it was kind of it was kind of like balancing place because I always knew that if somehow for some reason that momentum kind of fell or 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 ended, you know, if 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 I lost the momentum, I don't. It, it would be extremely hard to pick up again. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things where when you're in the middle of it, you know, like. I could, I could, it would be so easy to just, to just walk away. You know, it'd be so easy to just put everything down and, and, and step away from it. And I don't know if I would even feel that bad. Um, but, you know, at the time there were so many other people that were involved in the channel and, you know, that I didn't, I couldn't really, I couldn't really stop uh, because of them. And honestly, to be a hundred percent honest, um, getting together with the, the group of the Dobbers to play tonight, we ended our first season last month, I think. And the only reason that that, sh- that, that show is happening, the only reason that there is streaming content uh, that is hopefully going to be going on weekly is because I wasn't involved in it, right? Like the, the dungeon master, Daryl, um, you know, he just got the group together and said like, Hey, are we, are we starting season two? Let's go. Um, but if I was the one in charge, which I was for everything else, like exploding dice was never other people. It was literally always just me. Um, so, you know, whenever you saw, you know, a, a 
whole big charity event or all of these shows being put together, a new product. Like, that was all just me behind the scenes. Holy crap. Um, and so the, you know, when I, it was one of those things where, you know, at a couple months ago, all of the plates just sort of dropped at the same time. And it's like, okay, I guess I'm, t- I'm on a break. That's like, <laughs> that's just how it is. Uh, and so I've been, you know, I've been taking some time away to figure out whether or not I can continue to do what I was doing alone because I'm getting to the point where I don't know if I can. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of work and, and it's hard to, it's hard to get other people involved in that. You know, it's hard for, I, I, if you've, if you started a podcast, if you've ever started, I don't know if you've ever done this, but try and ask someone else to do a podcast with you. Someone who has no interest in what you like, it's oh, never going to work. Because they are never gonna—they're never gonna care about yeah. your thing as much as you care about it, right? Yeah, um, man, my life. Let's go. Let's you and me yeah. commiserate right now. And and so and so for me, uh, streaming was a lot like that. I'm I'm super glad that uh, that Daryl has kind of forced me to not sort of just be you know drift away and lose touch with the community for good. Um, I I still kind of do secret drawing streams here and there, but. Um, you know, I don't know. We'll hopefully, hopefully there there will be more stuff, and hopefully, kind of, you know, things things will get back on track. And I don't know if I'm gonna, I don't know if I plan on hitting things as hardcore as we were. Um, you know, I'd probably, if if anything, you know, probably just find a a, a smooth pace and and just kind of, you know, let it let it coast for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. We, Man, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's oh, no worries. not yeah. necessarily easy to talk about. Bearing your soul for us yeah. on, the, on the show. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Uh, I, I definitely feel you in the the, you know, hard to hard to find people that care. That was a complaint I had for years until I had Ashley uh, do a Ooh. show with me because it was like friends you think are really into the thing you're into. And the minute you sit down to go, let's do this thing. They're like, yeah, we should. And they just don't. You know, it's hard. So. I'm glad yeah. you found somebody who's who's willing to take up that uh that task with you and try to do something awesome. They well, either need to be related or you need to be sleeping with them is what I found out. Yeah. So. Even even then my 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 nephew tried to do a podcast for a while and they just realized they were not into the same things. Yeah. Um oh. you know and they both ended up doing their own thing but um the thing about it like the the Dobbers is uh it, the Dobbers is Daryl's baby. Um it's a comic that he uh he started out as a comic artist a long, long time ago, and he wrote this comic about these like hobbit-like creatures. And um, what? My monitor just fell asleep. Uh, and then he just sort of um, uh, he turned it into a uh, a board game, um, which just got was successfully funded on Kickstarter. Nice. Uh, oh, and awesome. we were Congrats, we were dude. yeah, it, it's super cool. Uh, and we were playing the D and D game that was in the world of you know, that, that he had created for this board game and stuff. And so there's a lot of, a lot of cross promotion and stuff like that. So that's, that's really his thing. Uh, it's running on the channel, but, um, but yeah, he, he is the one that, that could take all the credit for that. So yeah, again, it's, it's one of those things where sometimes you, you I think you need someone else to kind of like, actually this is, and I, I know speaking of, we're getting very, 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 very close. Yeah. Uh, we are. Uh, but, but, uh, someone, I retweeted something from, um, uh, the, the, I guess that since we're on the subject, I retweeted something from uh, uh, his name is um, played played Kingdom Death with him uh, at at Gen Con, and now I don't remember um, the one guy with the face. Sean K. Sean K. Reynolds. Uh, Sean K. Reynolds is 
is one of my favorite Pathfinder uh, adventure writers, but I retweeted something from him where he was talking about um, interacting with and helping people who are, uh, who are dealing with, you know, depression and personal issues. And um, it's so easy for everyone to kind of fall into that trap of saying like, Oh, you know, I'm here if you need anything or just say, no, but, but what really helps is coming to people saying, Hey, what, you know, can I do this for you? Right. Yeah. You know, can, like, and you know, if, if you feel like someone is, is, if you feel like someone is, is struggling or is in a bad place, like don't, don't leave it in their court. Like if you want to help yeah. them, you kind of just have to go and be there and, and help them stand up because that's such a powerful thing that sometimes people can't act like they, they can't even bring themselves to, to ask for that kind of help. And so again, you know, Daryl is kind of, kind of forcing me there and I, I don't begrudge him for it. Right. Like it's, um, I think it, it's probably something that was necessary. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to call up and say, Hey, I'm bringing some pizza over. Let's watch a movie. You know, <laughs> I have and French fries and you're going to eat them. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, it's like, I don't mean, we don't have to get super deep into this cause we're running out of showtime, but, but yeah, like you, you, it's not, it's not just that person is sad for a while. It's like a right. debilitating <laughs> deal, you know, and you want to, it's good to go in and be like, Hey, Hey, let's let's do this. I'm going to do this for you. Or right, you know, I, you can say that with any time somebody's suffering or going through yeah. like somebody who's had surgery. It's like I'm making you food and you are going to eat it. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no you're not going to ask me for food, but I'm going to bring you some. Right. So you don't yeah. have to think about it. Um so that's that's awesome. I'm really glad you shared. I know we're running really really tight. I know you've got to you've got to take off, but McFly did ask uh, about your drawing stream. Oh yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. how you how you got started in that is that have you always drawn or is it just something you know you picked up? I wanted to be a comic book artist when I was a kid. I grew oh, up reading cool. comics and I, I grew up collecting them. Uh, I went to School of Visual Arts in Manhattan for illustration and graphic design with a focus in comics because they have the only like they I don't know now but they um, at the time they had the only kind of illustration degree that uh, focused on the comic book industry. That's um, amazing. And so, and then I proceeded to do nothing with that after school, <laughs> uh, as most people do with their degrees. Um, I, I went, in, I was a chef after that. Uh, and so, yeah, I just, uh, to me, I'm not great at drawing and I'm not very fast and I don't finish a lot of things, but uh, I, I, and I don't draw as much as I should, but I try and I, you know, I try and for me, those are interesting content. Like I can, I don't really, I'm not really a game. I don't do gamings on stream very much. I try sometimes, but it, it's not really, I'm not very good at it, but illustration, I can just sit down and talk with people and just kind of listen to music and zone out for a while. Uh, and so I think, I think those are, those are a lot of fun. So if you like drawing, uh, I, I sometimes will try and explain what I'm doing, anatomy and construction and stuff like that. Um, and so if, if you are into art, you know, uh, come say hi. I'd, I'd love to. You know, it's like ASMR that. art too. Maybe. Like I, I put on metal chill. music and rap, so maybe not <laughs> so much. But, uh, for me, I could. I tend to just zen out and get lost in the details and stuff like that. So. That's awesome. Well, yeah. So your Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash exploding dice. Um, that's where we can find all your work, right? Yes. Uh, uh, hold on. Let me just say hello in chat. Hi. <laughs> you can find every anything and everything that has my face on it right there. Sweet. Uh, okay. Cool. Is there um is there anything before we let you go? Is there anything else oh. that you want to promote or anything you have upcoming or or I feel like there needs to be a comic upcoming. Yeah, I know. Where's the where's the Askren comic? 
Oh, I, I wish I had that. I, I right now I have a couple uh, a couple big um, group portraits of different D and D groups on my plate that I'll probably never finish. Um, no, I uh, I, I uh, immediately after this, the group is actually yelling at me right now. Uh, Judo and Splattered Inker in chat. Um, we're going to be playing. Uh, we are going to be kicking off season two of the Dobbers, our uh, homebrew Dungeons and Dragons adventure, where I play Fern the Rat. It's uh, a fantastic crew of people. Um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun last season, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, you can come hang out for more art streams. They've been all they've all been secret streams uh, recently. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, oh, also Sundays I have been crashing and as a guest on Pro Restarters stream. He does a uh, he does a a horror game Shadows of the Demon Lord, and I am playing a creepy old man uh, plague <laughs> doctor in that, and so. You guys, if you like horror and uh, other RPGs, you can come say hi and check that out. Um, and other than that, I don't really, I, I don't really have much going on. But I'd love to <laughs> chat with you if you guys want to come say hi on Twitter or something like that. It's literally just at Astrin. That's my name. A S K R E N. Yep. Yep. Right under me. For, right for under those audio face. listeners that are like, now is it A C R? At S K R E N. But yeah, come say hi. I'd love to. I'd love to say hi to you. Uh, and thank you guys for having me. It's it's been a while. It's been too long since we got a chance to hang out. And super congrats on on getting this podcast up and running and interviewing so many cool people. You guys are you guys are killing it. Thank you, Yay, thank, thank you. We're yeah, having a blast. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing. Yeah, thank you for coming on. That was this. This has been a great time. And uh, yeah, anybody who's out there uh, interested in watching all the art streams and and D and D live stuff, go to Exploding Dice on Twitch and sub or, or follow whatever you can do, uh, that would be fantastic. And, hey, maybe we all should just raid that channel after this. Does that yeah, sound great? Hey, you can, like you can totally do that. Because we should, yeah. Well, I'll, we'll let I'll you go. Put some uh, music on. You're it's right fine. On. <laughs> we'll let you go, man, so you can get to your Aspen, uh, thank you your so thing. much. Oh, well, yeah, thank you guys for having me. It was you an absolute are the pleasure. best. Later. Talk soon. Bye. Boy. That was the incredibly talented Askrin from Exploding Dice. We hope you all enjoyed listening to his stories and maybe even got inspired to start your own tabletop RPG game with your friends. If you want to help out the show, the number one best way to do it is with your mouth. Yes, you can tell all your friends and family about the show. Better yet, rate us on your favorite podcasting app. That will help us out the most. And you can also toss us a couple bucks at tutorks.net slash tip. Uh, we love your dollars. But even better, we'd love you to tell your friends about Creator Crush at creatorcrush.com. Uh, next week, we will be joined by Rachel Boreen of Ink Truffle to talk about the fine art of pottery and uh, why we want to buy all of her stuff because it's amazing. Seriously, you guys, Google Ink Truffle because it's on Etsy and everything looks so rad and I'm very excited to talk to her. It's going to be a lot of fun. So until then, this is me and Smash signing off. See you next time. <laughs>